Hello gamers, and thank you for tuning into another episode of The Cartridge Club. The Cartridge Club is a community of gamers, collectors, content creators, and gaming enthusiasts of all generations. The show that you're listening to is effectively a monthly book club, but for gamers. You pick a game, invite everyone in the club to play along, and select a couple of community members to come on the show to discuss this game. My name is Ryan, and I'm one of the hosts for the show. Without any further ado, let me introduce the panel for this month. We have Cherry Bomb, aka Aaron. Hello. And Michael B, the Game Genie. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much for finally having me on. I'm really excited. Awesome. I didn't know this. Is this both your first times? Yep. Awesome. I can't yeah, believe I... the Cartridge Brothers didn't do this before. <laughs> Oh, well. I didn't like specifically join the cartridge club. I just kind of got a- adopted into it by like joining in on little, um, I guess, scenarios when you guys would have the um, charity streams. And I joined in on one. It's like, okay, you're part of the family now. Yeah, yeah we we draw that dotted line for the club pretty liberally, and just you know, we 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 like to em- embrace as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we got that out of the way. I'm going to hand it over to my co-host, Musty Hobbit. You know, let us know what game we're playing for this month. Excellent. Thank you, Ryan. And thank you uh, for being here again for another month of the Cartridge Club. And this is the first month that we are officially doing this show live uh, on YouTube, as well as doing our audio version. So, uh, of course, we had to pick a big, big marquee title. Uh, And so for this month, we are playing Zelda 2. The Adventure of Link for the NES. And we're pretty excited to get into this. We have a couple of panel members here who, as I understand, think very highly of this game. And so hoping to really shine some light onto why this game gets such a bad rap. So we'll go ahead and get into that here right after we do the breakdown. On the heels of arguably one of the most influential NES titles, 1989's Zelda II, The Adventure of Link sets to evolve the series beyond its explorative roots. As Link, you are told that Zelda has been put into a spell, and only by acquiring the Triforce of Courage can she be woken. What follows is an adventure across Hyrule to place six six crystals in six palaces, which will unlock the great palace holding your final goal and a face-off against your own shadow. The game even graced the cover of issue 4 of Nintendo Power and was immortalized in its own line of fruit snacks. Looking back, the game was critically acclaimed upon release, but has now been viewed as the black sheep of the Zelda franchise. But let's hear what our panel has to say about their overall thoughts on Zelda 2. So yeah, my overall impression of the game is, so it took me so many months to get through it when I finally sat down to play it, but Compared to other games that are super frustrating and grindy, I thought this felt so rewarding at the end. I feel like whether you're playing Zelda 2 in the early 90s or, you know, currently, it just feels super innovative, regardless of how repetitive the scenery or gameplay can feel at times. So it just throws you into a world that 
implores you to be curious about exploring or patient and grinding out experience and creative in how you use spells and tools in order to solve puzzles and such. And I know this isn't Miyamoto's proudest work, but he compares it similarly to a paper in high school that I just threw together at the last second and be like, you know what, I'm not going to revise this. It's good. Whatever. But even then, like, even if he, even though he sells it short, I feel like the gameplay is really fluid and the game is challenging. But, you know, I feel like when you're done playing it, you could just, you know, you're like, I actually did something really impressive. And it was, I think it's fun. I don't know. Other people don't think it's fun. <laughs> but yeah, the soundtrack got me through it. Absolutely. Yes, that's great. Michael, how about you? Uh, overall thoughts on a game that you just finished minutes ago <laughs> i did how, but how am i supposed to follow that that was really well done i'm just gonna say the game's really good like that's pretty much all i can really say she thought hers out much more than i did it said like uh, high like give, me, give your high opinion or something or go in depth and i was like okay well do we need a sentence or do we need an essay so so oh, by, the, by the time we're done we'll, we'll we'll hit essay we'll hit essay levels i think on some of these things but fair enough <laughs> yeah, um, I was always afraid of Zelda 2. I remember playing this as a kid at my nephew's house, and it always seemed so much more challenging and different than The Legend of Zelda. So I completely shied away from this, and I played every single game in the series up until I think it was around the time when Skyward Sword came out before I actually finally decided, you know, enough's enough. I'm going to make my way through Zelda 2. So the first time I finished it was around that time, and... Like she said, you know, at first it's very challenging and that may turn some people off because after you get through the first palace and you get to Death Mountain right away, right before you go to Palace 2, I mean, that's enough to turn anybody off from the game for some reason. But if you stick with it and play through it, you're going to get one of the very best experiences on the NES. Why do people dislike it? I think we're going to get into that later. It's just not what people played the first time. But if you can get through the challenge, if you can get through <laughs> the difficulty... And the difference, the differenceness is not even really a word, but I'm going to use it of the Legend of Zelda compared to this game. You're going to find something truly special because, in my opinion, it's one of the best games on the system. And like she said, most rewarding games to finish. Absolutely. So Ryan, I want to I want to hear your thoughts because I think that I think that we may be in a situation where it's 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 three on one here. But I want to hear your overall thoughts on, on Zelda 2 here. Yeah, this game sucks. I hate it. <laughs> um, and, and this was coming from, uh, I, claim my, I claim myself to be a Zelda fan. I, um, this was the first time I beat it, but um, I, I, I don't know. I don't like to think it's tracked to the history. I have a little bit of a history with this game. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of the uh, original NES either Zelda games growing up as a kid, even the Super Nintendo one, uh, it was just something I didn't understand growing up and didn't become a Zelda fan really till Ocarina of Time came out. But after beating Ocarina of Time, and I loved that game, I decided I kind of wanted to go back and give these games when I, when I was younger another shot to see if there was something I like. So I tracked down copies for the first two games. This was out of high school. I uh, went to GameFacts.com and printed all my guides off because the the computer room didn't really manage that kind of thing back in the day. Um, but yeah, I, I beat the first game, ended up loving the first game after playing it years down the road. And then I struggled my way through the second game, made it all the way to Shadow Link. Didn't know about the, the little trick to beating them, 
But um, tried taking them square on, couldn't take it anymore. So I, I saved my copy of my game, came back the you know a couple hours after eating, and my file was completely gone. So that was enough to make me never want to play it again until until just now. It was it kind of was a bucket list because I've over the years have beaten every single console Zelda game. And I, I kind of, this one always kind of eked me that I, ner- I got so close that I could never beat it. But I beat it. I beat it this month. But for, for reasons why I don't like it, I, I really hate the gameplay for this game. I feel as if the hitboxes on the enemies are too small, especially later in the game. The difficulty really starts to ramp up. Uh, I don't think the platforming is very great in this game. I think it's missing some of the, the things that make some of the other Zelda games, you know, I guess some of the gameplay for it were like uh, the weapons. I'll give you an example. It's missing like boomerangs and arrows and hook shots and bombs. Now they, they replaced that with spells kind of as a different thing, but I mostly just used, you know, health regeneration. And man, your health drains so fast in this game and your magic drains so fast in this game, even when you max it out. So uh, are you sure? Are you sure that's not just a you thing, right? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But and that tallies back into the gameplay with you know smaller hitboxes of enemies your sword doesn't go very far you know even even when you're at full health and you could shoot the beam out your sword it doesn't affect every enemy it only really affects some of the the weaker enemies in the game so with, with that being said um that's some of the main reasons i i don't enjoy this game okay that's fair and we'll get we'll get into some of the specifics we'll hit gameplay pretty soon here because that seems like something that you're you're uh ready to have a good combo about uh for me i i really like this game i remember playing this through i don't actually don't remember if it was me who finished it when i was in like third grade but i was i was in the room as it was happening i remember some of the just kind of terrifying bosses uh and the challenge that was all inherent in the whole thing i i really liked it i i really enjoyed playing through it and i felt like I felt like I really started to get into some of the patterns. And once you start to unlock some of the stuff later in, in the game, especially the other attacks, the the up stab and the, the downward stab, like those, there's a reason why those things are still so prominent now in anything that Link is associated to, uh, especially, you know, Smash Brothers and things like that. We'll get into that. But uh, yeah, so it sounds like it's gonna be it's gonna be three on one on this one. We have not had one where Ryan and I have been split yet, so this is gonna be interesting as we get into that. But let's uh, let's get into. It seems like gameplay seems seems to be a big sticking point for a lot of people on this game. It, there is some major differences as far as how they have made this game versus the original, and then subsequent Zeldas as well. How about? Uh, Michael, do you want to talk about what makes this Zelda unique by comparison to the other ones in the series, from a from a perspective and from a like just general gameplay standpoint? One is side scrolling. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're along the lines of a you know platforming Mario a little bit. I feel like, uh, well, what makes it unique? There's side scrolling. Yeah, right. That's it. <laughs> no, uh, if if I remember correctly, I think that they were actually developing both the Legend of Zelda games roughly around the same time, the first Legend of Zelda and Zelda 2. And for whatever reason, they went with the first Legend of Zelda and then still ended up going with Zelda 2. Is that correct? That, bo- that both were being made at the same time? Yeah. 
Yes. In fact, I just heard that last week on a on uh, a notable YouTuber uh, video that came out. Yeah, I think I watched the same review, Sniff Drunk. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I guess they decided that the first game, uh, The Legend of Zelda, fit more of what Miyamoto's idea was. Everybody knows the story about him going into caves and playing with things when he was younger, and he wanted to translate that into a video game experience. But the second game has so much of that, too. It's just, it's side-scrolling. It's a different experience. The combat is certainly much more challenging because... they, they've actually developed a way to do this dueling process. And I know that the hitbox is smaller and people are frustrated with that, but I think that plays into the whole dueling dynamic that they were trying to create. So I think that's intentional, not a fault in the game. That's fair. Yeah, I, the, and the, there are some enemies, I, I, I mentioned patterning, right? You, you kind of, you would get into a rhythm with certain ones, especially the iron knuckles, which are the knights with the shields. Um, yeah. That, that once you really get the rhythm down for those guys breeze for the most part except for the blue ones because they throw swords and they're total jerks um but it seems like once you yeah once you kind of figure out there's a lot of games that that have that where, where you sort of once you figure out the hook on 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 getting a specific enemy type then suddenly they they are no longer as much of a challenge anymore now, Ryan, Ryan, you mentioned you mentioned the the progression aspect as something that you didn't like, right? The the leveling, the the grinding. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, I mean, I, I hate grinding in any game. Um, <laughs> and one one thing I can think of comparing it to other Zelda games is there isn't really experience points right this is the only one i can think of that has an experience point system most of the other ones are like you beat a boss you get a heart piece or you you go exploring you find more heart pieces and that's how you get stronger in zelda games um this one you're just gonna have to like keep attacking monsters uh now eventually got a little bit easier by the time i got to the third palace because it's not dungeons in this game it's uh palaces um i discovered uh through a guide that if you hit the statues that look like the, the warriors, if you will, you can either get a magic uh, bottle or you'll get a warrior. And these warriors will um, will give you 100, 100 XP, I believe. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. The, red, know, the red, yeah, the red iron knuckles are 100 XP. So, yeah. So uh, you, you do that, you leave the screen, you come back. You keep doing that over and over. Um, if you take damage, you hope you get a uh, magic bottle so you can refill your health. And then you do it over and over again. This part wasn't so bad. I mean, I would put a put a baseball game on in the background so I could have something listening to, and I would just do this for an hour or so. And eventually, um, I, by the time I got to the third palace, I found myself, I'm just going to max myself out before I progress any further to make this game a little bit more easier to take down. Yeah, and I, I did that. And I think I, I eventually even didn't know about once you're maxed out and you select the level up feature, you get a one-up. So yeah. Like I thought, I thought maybe level nine might have been the max level, but no, it's eight. So eight across the board, eight for your magic, eight for your hearts, and eight for your weapon attack. But yeah, I mean, if you like grinding in any kind of game, then this might be your your alley. But I prefer the other way of leveling up in other Zelda games over this. I think that's fair. No, I, I think there are some other tricks. Granted, yes, I took full advantage of, uh, especially. Palace three, and I think Palace six. I did a fair bit of grinding at that opening moment 
the other thing that is important to note is that when you finish a palace uh, by placing the crystal, by placing the crystal in the uh, the stat the statue at the end of the palace, it automatically fills you to that next thing that you were building on. So you can get really strategic there, and if you can level within the palace, you can then have basically an automatic fill on on one immediately following it, which is hugely advantageous and it almost forces you to get a certain number of levels throughout the game but yeah i get i get where you're at ryan on the on grinding uh as for grinding sake but like especially later on like yes you can get 100 xp from those iron knuckles there are enemies though just if you wander around that hidden palace that are like 200 they're just a little more they're a little more tricky and there's not there's not as much of the opportunity for refilling your magic. Yeah. If if you ever decide to play it again, um, the bouncing balls that are in the castles, they're actually relatively easy to kill, and they drop 50 XP every time you kill them. So that's usually what I use to level up if I'm finding it a little bit too challenging. Like, they take a million hits, but yeah. it's pretty much a no-brainer. Like, you're going to kill them. So you'll find, like, an easy screen where they'll bounce at you, kill it, 50 points, go off screen, and you're right back. So I found that to be the quickest way to level in the game. And those are somewhat predictable, too. Unlike mm-hmm. some of the other some of the other palace enemies get, get a, little more, uh, a little more tricky there. Yeah, there's a big part in um, Cathedral 5. I, I keep getting confused here if it's Cathedral, Palace, because they're called different things in different books depending on what you read. Oh, sure. But wh- where you're talking about, there's, I forget what they're called, but they're like kind of the floating eyeballs in the room that drops the blocks on you. And they're the ones that if you hit them, you'll get either between 50 and 200 points. So most people do their bulk of their leveling up in that section. That's interesting. Yeah, the... Um... I, I made a point of not watching a bunch of speedrunners this month, although there are some. <laughs> there's some even in our, in our community who have uh, made a point of of speedrunning this game, and some of these strategies uh, to sort of speed grind this is 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 really interesting. I feel like I kind of took the leisurely route this time around, <laughs> but, but yeah. Now it, it's worth noting we're we're spending quite a bit of time talking about grinding on this it's Only worth noting one big grind <laughs> yeah she's yeah. not wrong <laughs> no it i mean it, it it if you're not grinding for levels this game this game is like from a challenge perspective this game hits really really well and it, it, aaron you were talking about how fulfilling it felt to put this one in the rearview mirror and it, are there other games on like games in general that you would like put into the same tier as that. I'm just, I'm just curious where your barometer is on the difficulty of this game in comparison to others. Well, in terms of what I've played, I would have to think about that one. I honestly, one of, one of the ones on my list right now is Ninja Gaiden. Cause it's honestly, I suck at that game, but I feel like honestly, do you think that would be tougher than this one? Because it's a, it's a lot more fast paced. But it's also a side-scrolling, platformy type game that involves some strategic, you know, skill sets. So I don't know. That one's on my list definitely to see, so I can compare the two in terms of difficulty. But hmm, in terms of games that I've personally beaten, this is probably the the toughest one I've actually finished. That's awesome. 
I wanted to finish Castlevania, the first one for the NES, but that one's still on my list too. <laughs> I feel like I need to be on cool. I beat honestly, so this is a little bit of a disclaimer here. I know everyone worked hard to finish this game in time for the podcast. The last time I beat this game was in, I think I said 2015, 2014. I don't I had the screenshot I posted on Twitter, but it's been a long time. I just don't have the commitment that I used to or time because I'm trying to expand and play other games here. Hey, so. That's totally fair. You, you you still have a good enough feel for this. And yeah, like it's never a requirement to play the game. It always helps, though, um, especially if it has been a while or if you need a refresher on it. But yeah, in the way you described it earlier, I I wouldn't have known any different, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, so I don't know how long it took everyone to beat this game, but it took me over the course of, I think, on and off for six months, because I did a lot of grinding. I, I honestly enjoy grinding in games like this, because it kind of feels like I spent my time with purpose to achieve something good. So I'd put on a podcast and keep the Zelda 2 on track and sounds going in the background. And I feel like it was just, it was kind of a good time. I'm the person who always goes out of their way in RPGs, like Final Fantasy games and what have you, and tries to find like the juiciest, grindy spots available. And just I'll just park myself there for a couple hours every day. I'll play it. And it's kind of a bragging right of my past self to my future self. Because, I mean, honestly, no one else cares but me. So that's kind of <laughs> why I do it. Oh, that's great. For those, I, I should say, for those who are maybe haven't played this game and are maybe curious uh if the whole concept of grinding is something that you're not a fan of and if you really want to just if you wanted a way to just snap your fingers and be like i don't want to do any of that you can the switch nes online service has a zelda 2 sp mode which basically circumvents all of that level grinding you basically start off with eights across the board on that so that is that is a great way Ryan, I, I I understand that you played it through on original hardware for, because you have hangups with playing ways. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't want non- baby mode, you know? I, I'm all yeah. about, you know, baby it's, mode. it's nice and Nintendo vented baby mode, you know, for people who, you know, <laughs> don't want to put in any work at all, just want to, you know, to do it. And hey, it's cool. It's part of the, the styling service, you know. But yeah, I, I wouldn't consider, I, I, I would say, you know, cool, you, you beat. Zelda 2 SP. You didn't beat Zelda 2. You know, you, you beat the baby mode. So let me know when you come back to, to regular Zelda 2. And we'll, we'll chuck it up. So I, so, I consider two to games. those to those listening, if uh, if you feel personally attacked by Ryan right now, <laughs> uh, please send your emails to contact at cartridgeclub.org and <laughs> we can talk about it. Uh, anyways. We're going to talk about save states later too, right? Oh, we will. Uh, <laughs> if we have to, we can. But I, I really like to talk more about the game first, and I think I think uh, we talked about kind of the departure from the overhead view of Zelda One, and just kind of how this one visually looks dramatically different than every other Zelda game. And let's see, who wants to talk about? the graphics and their thoughts on the graphics. I don't have a ton to say about the graphics, but I feel like especially for their time, they were they were clean and fresh. Like so you were saying that it they were 
making this around the same time as Zelda One. Was that right? Yeah, that's that's what was reported by uh, our friend Snistrunk. That is a fun fact I never knew. Yeah, I, I think he, he was saying that that the both games came out on the Famicom prior to Zelda One being released in the states. Yeah. So, right. really, that I mean, that's I'm trying to think of other games that have taken that approach of have like two like very very. It seems like they gave him similar notes and said you do this and you do this and and to get such varying graphical styles that still kind of feel somewhat similar i think is really interesting but i yeah. like the look of link's sprite uh, on on this and you see a lot of it so you better get used to it yeah i do too it kind of in a way that maybe it's the colors of it but it kind of reminds me of a uh, jill of the jungle in a way for pc i played that game a lot so maybe it's the color scheme but that's what it reminds me of I'm not familiar with that game True. for the PC. Right. If I could uh, complain about the graphics, I will say that I don't go like. Ahead, the, Ryan. Go ahead. I don't, I don't like how the overworld looks. The regular 2D side-scrolling part is fine, and it, it, it looks fine, and the graphics are good for that. But I don't like the overworld look. There's something to pile on here. Okay. Do you think that you would enjoy how it looked better if you liked the gameplay more? Maybe. But that's not it's not it's not really like something that breaks the game for me. It's not like, you know, it's not like a deal breaker, but it's just something that stands out. I guess if it's more, you know, salt to go on here. I like the contrast. So I'm a big fan of this game, but I'm going to take the opposite opinion here. I, I don't think the graphics are that good in this game. I, I, I find that I find the towns look very strange, almost like they're rushed or unfinished at times. Uh, like Link's character sprite is fine and stuff like that, and like the character sprites are all really, really good. But I find a lot of the backgrounds in the towns and, like he said, the overworld map. There's just something like it, it, you look at a palace and like even the first one you start in, and it's like it's just an MS Paint sprite or something like that, just dabbed right in the middle of this kind of like, jungle. I, I could see that. Yeah, uh, it, it it almost just looks, like, just looks like a Roman numeral, right? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's that is a an, a good point there because it, it it takes that grid approach. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, th there's just something about it to me that seems like I don't know. It, something feels unfinished with like the way the towns look and the way the overworld mm -hmm. looks. Well, because there's there's nothing. Oh, sorry, Aaron. Oh no, you're fine. I, I was gonna say there's nothing beyond the ground in the buildings. Right there, there, there is no. They could have done some parallax deal. Um, e even some of the other games that have taken cues from this, uh, most notably Battle of Olympus, has depth to it beyond yeah. beyond the the uh, just the foreground that you're in. So I I totally see where you're coming from there, um, especially in those those settings specifically. I think the temples graphically have a nice feel to them, but again, you're not. They look like temples. So I I guess it's to be expected. Yeah. But Aaron, Aaron, you were gonna say. Yeah, I was just gonna say it. It kind of it, the fact that it seems maybe the backgrounds are a little bit more plain kind of takes you back to how my moto is saying. Yeah, so we kind of made a rough draft and we never really improved on it. So maybe that was the same thing with the graphics too. But I feel like with the with it being kind of um, basic or plain or just not really fleshed out, maybe. It, 
it doesn't really take away from the foreground and the combat and stuff. So I guess there's two sides to it. I can see that. I will. I will. Uh, I'll allow it. I'll allow us to be split <laughs> on the graphics there. One of the things about this game that I think gets overlooked. The thing about the first two Zelda games is they have a little scroll that kind of like a scroll at the beginning. If you just sit on the opening attract screen, right, the start screen, it 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 gives you a little bit of story. There's actually a much deeper story to this game than is shown on that screen. And the manual actually has like it's like 12 pages worth of story. I don't go into all of it, but <laughs> uh, but what I want to a couple of like the big notable points is that uh, this is the same link as the first game. However, it is not the same Zelda. And apparently the reason for that is that the, uh, let me see, the notes that I had was that there was an issue with some magician that ended up, Ryan, I think you you kind of summarized this for me a lot better. Yeah, so you, I- Do you wanna talk about the story a little bit? Sure, so while, while listening to, um, actually while reading the guide and through the website Zelda Dungeon, which makes the best Zelda guides on the internet. So if you're ever playing Zelda, I really do recommend you check them out for any game. They point out that there's actually a story to it that's not really described in the opening credits and it really has to do with Zelda's brother, the Prince of Hyrule. The story behind it is kind of that the father, the king of Hyrule, passed away, and the prince of Hyrule thought he would be getting the tri, uh, the part of the Triforce that it would show up on his hand. Well, it never did show up. The crest never showed up on his hand, um, which made it think it, it eventually appeared as Zelda. And um, there's a, a magician that kind of comes around and kind of convinces the the prince that the magician kind of tricks the prince into um, casting a spell on Zelda. Basically, the magician is essentially the bad guy, the main bad guy behind this. And I think they, they tied into the, the wizard from A Link to the Past. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. It's the so, same like, parallel. Yeah, like an alter ego or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, there's a little bit more story to it. And it's not really in the game. I don't, I don't know if it's so much in the books, but it's more more in debt on, um, like I said, Zelda Dungeon. Right? I think it's a little bit more fascinating where... The prince kind of tricked, you know, tricked them in there, and eventually it comes down to, because the prince is trying to get, uh, the wizard is trying to get, to eventually revive Ganon. Um, yeah. So one of the one of the big notes is is that at the end of the first game, right, you you defeat Ganon and he turns into like a pile of ash, and you just sort of stomp on it and walk away. Apparently, this this wizard has like gathered that, and all he needs is a drop of Link's blood to revive Ganon, and so. That's where your game over screen comes from, right? You've you've expended your lives, which um, is terrifying, by the way, as a kid. Dude, <laughs> yes. <I was> like, <laughs> uh, and then one, I guess, the other detail is that the prince was when he found out the magician was like betraying him that he was going to name every princess should be named Zelda from going forward, right? For every daughter, every you know female will be named Zelda going forward. So it's just a little fascinating backstory that I don't think many people really know about when it comes to this game. Especially those who have just bought the cartridge and have not gone so far as to look for everything else. You don't, like, sit and wait for, like, the Star Wars scroll at the beginning to show you the basics exactly. of the story. Yeah. Exactly. Just jump right in just to die right away. Yeah. So, obviously, yeah, so we, we've got our Link, we've got our Zelda. Link, as we said, is the same Link uh, from the first game. This Zelda is not the same Zelda um, 
because they have made a point of renaming every female uh, princess uh, in Hyrule. So like, never forget. It, 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 I mean, basically, yes, that's, that's exactly what they're going for there. Aside from those two, there's a few other named characters in this game. My favorite being Bagu, because I I get to tell everybody that I know Bagu, especially the 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 one guy, the river guy. <laughs> and then there's uh, more famously there is Error, who uh, is not just a typo in that uh, it was intentional that his name was actually translated as Error, which is. As a kid, I thought it was like some kind of glitch or something, or you know, they didn't translate it properly. I think everyone might have done that for, for, for thing. yeah, because I I thought that forever too. I mean, when you see that, it's always kind of become a joke, right? But yeah, it's pretty meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in the video that came out last week, someone mentioned that Bagu actually translates to Japanese for bug. So yep. it sounds it sounds like that was intentional that they had bug and error or some of the. Two of the like, so I don't know if that's co- it's a coder joke or or what else it might be going on there, but um, just a little humor, a little, humor. A little Easter egg. It worked. It worked. Um, aside from that, you you have a bunch of townspeople. None of them are really named. Some of them are called out. Like I think one's referred to as like thirsty woman, and then you've got uh, the like old lady who refills your magic and the uh, the woman in the red dress who will make you some tea apparently to replenish your your health so it's it, there's there's quite a few different people and some people turn into bats did you guys run into that yeah yep. yeah one woman in one town that's all i experience oh because you just stopped talking to people who were wearing purple right like that was just yep. just like i don't want this enough Come of that out. yeah cut it out you it's mentioned the the thirsty woman, and that's just something that makes me like chuckle every time. It's like you do that one quest where you have to bring water, and she's like, "Oh, you have water, come in." And then it's like she's literally thirsty. <laughs> it's like with the implications of you just enter this woman's house and suddenly come out with full health. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting joke. I, I made a point toward the end of decide. Well, I guess it depended on the town. Some towns I would avoid going multiple f- screens in, right? Like some of them, the the health lady was like two or three screens in, whereas the the magic one may have been on that first one. So I would just go to the magic lady, have her replenish, do this, do the life spell till I was full, and then go back in and not have to walk the town quite as much. Which really wasn't that big of a deal. The town music was soothing. I kind of liked it, but just you find other ways to get around that. And the, you know, everyone always goes like, you threw a lot in this game. Yeah. So, did anyone else have any thoughts on the, um, on any of the other characters or anyone else that you ran across, like in the overworld or in the towns? I don't. I really don't remember anyone else besides the names listed here. So uh, um, no one else really kind of st- stands out for for that too. So I mean, you kind of pointed out the main points of the general. There isn't a very large cast of named NPCs, but I I guess something worth noting that I always think is interesting 
because I played through this game in full after beating, you know, games like A Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time is just how they named um, all of the stages in those games after the towns in this game. So I always thought that was really neat. Wait, they were... Yeah, I, I never I, noticed I, that before. I, I've heard about that before, too, yeah. I just forgot about it until now. <laughs> well, there was the one town that was Saria, right? And that's... Yeah. Saria is in... Ocarina. Ocarina. They. I didn't. I didn't draw the lines on the other ones. I would have to pull up the whole list, but I always thought that was a neat little tidbit. So like can canically, um, the towns were named after them because Zelda Two came after, you know, Link's downfall and Ocarina supposedly going by the timeline. But, you know, for when the games came out, the towns in Zelda Two came first. So. See, that's that's wild. That's wild. It's a little fun fact. That is no that 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 is a really good one. I like that. Hmm. Let's shift gears uh, into. We want to talk levels now, or maybe we can talk. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the palaces. We've 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 talked about the overworld. We've talked about people that we're running across. But the big like meat of this game are are these combat environments, including the palaces themselves and so there were six in total each of them had a an individual uh, special item which then helped with traversal now ryan i think you had some hang-ups with the item structure in general do you want to kind of hit on that a little bit i mean the, the items essentially in this game are only designed to get you to the the next level right like yeah uh, the raft can get you across the water and you only use it once most of the items are like that in this game. Like you get you get boots to walk on the water, but you can't really walk on the water. You have to find the path that's on the water. So it, it, little stuff like that. You usually in in most Zelda games, and actually probably all Zelda games, you usually get an item, and that's what you usually use to beat the boss for that level. And then going forward, you can continue to use that item. This game doesn't have that. That's that's one of my hangups. Fair enough. So the fact that the fact that those those really are just they just cut a barrier and that's about it, right? They're not, it's not uh, akin to, you mentioned Zelda one items or Link to the Past has has that sort of mechanic where it's like, this thing helps you finish this level specifically. Tell me tell me about your, your feelings on the palaces though. Did, did you feel Ryan that the palaces were, were adequately, like did they provide adequate challenge? Did you like or not like them? They all provided provided a challenge, but <laughs> the thing about it, the thing I, I guess I, I don't like. Well, I, I don't know if it's like what's the gripe, if you will. It's I couldn't describe to you what each one does. Like by that I mean I can tell you probably the boss, but that's all I can generally remember from each level because or every palace because most of them they seem to just kind of blend in in my memory. So. Uh, I, don't know, I know that's not the best answer, but it's it's much easier when you can say, oh, this is the water temple or uh, this is the fire temple. It's stuff like that. This mm -hmm. game, I, I don't feel that in this one at all. They all kind of blend in, if you will. The, te the temples are more of a byproduct of where they are located, right? You had the one that was you got to from the graveyard or you had the one that you got to by going through a maze. But the levels themselves were mazes. The the palaces themselves were, were mazes in and of themselves, but I see kind of similar in a way too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Some of them are more tricky than others. I will, again, admit that I had uh, somebody giving me turn-by-turn instructions, Ryan, <laughs> on uh, on the, uh, the Great Palace. So I wasn't going to turn it down. He's like, no, go left. Go left. Go right. And as I was it's like, fun, It's always fun when there's someone slight delay behind you. So when you see, you know, go left. like, no, no, he's no, going no, the wrong no, way. No. <laughs> go back. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I see where you're coming from. Now, granted, the biggest, I think some of the biggest challenge in the game, and M- Michael, I'm going to throw to you on Death Mountain and the Valley of, the valley of Death as well. Yeah. You want to kind of talk about what those do, I guess, maybe differently from the palace that uh, provides a completely different challenge entirely? I don't know if it provides a completely different challenge. I mean, Death Mountain's just, it's a massive barrier so early in the game because it's so hard to get through. You haven't become accustomed to the combat yet. You're a little under leveled unless you've built up and it, it gets confusing going from place to place, the more difficult enemies and, I mean, with a palace, like if you get an item or you get so far, like I, I, I like to cheat in the palaces. I, I, I like to die in the palace after I get the special item. Then I'll go do the extra stuff and come back maybe with an extra heart or something like that. It's fun to die in the palaces because you get halfway, you might get an item, you get a couple of keys, you can come back. When you're going through Death Mountain, if you die, you just start right from the beginning again until you get all the way to the hammer. It, it really is uh, a nuclear deterrent for people trying to enjoy this game because it's just too hard too early. <laughs> That's the best way I can explain it. No, that that is a great that is a great metaphor for exactly what that is. So, yeah. Kudos to you on that. Now Ryan, I know I know you Val- Valley of the Death pr- proved to be a big challenge for you as well. Yes, the Valley you talk of about Death. How much yeah. you hate that too? The the Valley of Death I thought was probably the hardest part in the whole game. Um Nah. Oh yes, I, you I cheat. Was, Don't you know how to cheat? Well, I, I eventually looked into how to cheat through it. I, I, I found, I, I, I kind of looked through after struggling for, I would like to say, I don't know, close to an hour, try to get through that because I would run out of life or magic. I, I, I found through some speedrunner tips that there's the way to cheat through it is that you're gonna hit at least three spots along the way in the Valley of the Death. Once you find out where these spots are, you generally want to stop right in front of it and wait for the enemies to, to respawn. So as soon as they spawn, they're going to hit you right away. So as soon as they make their move for you, you move forward and eventually you'll line up exactly at the same time and you'll just get the easier option. And um, one of the ways I was using is I was using the, uh, I, I want to say it's the spell spell. It will turn all the floating eyeballs into little jelly blobs and you can just you know get your way right through it and it makes the valley of death significantly easier but um trying to take that straight on i i was taking quite the beating trying to get through um the regular path that you you have you're gonna hit because i mean there's no other way through it there's no way you know getting to the the very end but like i said that cheat lets you bypass over that path if you hit the spawn enemies, you can skip right over them. So, There's another way, too. I did it a little bit differently. What I used to do was I actually found that part that's supposed to be easy, extremely hard for some reason, and I always, I, I didn't use the spell spell. I was actually trying to take out the blue flying eyeballs, and I'd always end up falling in the lava. 
Uh, but what I did was I'd actually just go into the traps. I'd put on my fairy spell and go from one side of the screen to the other and just be done with it. I I used the fairy spell to get past some of the bridges, like with the yeah. the skeleton fish, because I was just like I'm I'm not going to lose a life here. Like I would no. rather I'd rather have to grind out the replenishment of my magic than have to risk losing multiple lives getting knocked back here. Same here. And yes. I, yeah. I think the funny thing too about the uh, fairy spell, it's like in this Zelda game particularly, you know, compared to other Zelda games where they'll be like, so you have to solve this puzzle in order to get the key to unlock the way. Or in this one, it's like, you know what? If you don't want to get the key, just use the fairy spell. It's okay. We got you. There was one. Oh, which, oh it was uh, getting the raft. I don't know if you have to. Maybe you have to in that moment. But I was like, I got there. There's a there was a blue iron knuckle throwing swords. I I was like, I'm gonna just turn into a fairy. I'm gonna go grab that thing. And I like you said, it's fun to die in the palaces. Uh, I I I did a, I just ran for it as a well a fairy. I flew for it, but flew in, grabbed it, and I think I died right after that. And I was like, don't care. Got it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then it, it it made me not have to bother with half of the palace after that point so yes i totally see your your point and i actually took advantage of it there as well <laughs> now one of the differences here though we getting to the great palace which is the the last yeah. one one of the things that changes about this is that if you die here you respawn here now ryan you had done a little bit of research here or you have a suspicion as to why this functions differently do you want to you want to talk about that real quick absolutely so yeah the great palace originally this game when it launched in japan it was on the famicom disk system so the majority from from my research here the, the majority of the game is on the one side of the game until you get to the great palace then you have to flip the the disc over and you play the the great palace this is why uh when you die out of all palaces at the great palace you start back there because the disc system you couldn't start back over at the very beginning all that's on that one side and that's why from that point forward it's only that the great palace and that's it oh great that's palace so funny end. yeah <laughs> never so thought about it yeah it's 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 kind of weird but it makes perfect sense that's the main only reason why it, you'll you'll start right at the get great palace and i think it, oh it's pretty cool and that aspect that, you oh sorry, sorry no you go ahead i'm sorry I was going to say, like, you kind of feel like once you get there, you're rewarded. Like, you already had to restart so many times because you've died. So, you know what? For this temple, we'll let you um, start at the beginning of the palace so you don't have to go through the world map again. So, you feel like maybe it's because they're rewarding you. But, no, <laughs> but it's actually just because they couldn't do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, it. It's it's one of those things you think about it, and then it's, it really is just a limitation. So, and it's, it's kind of funny. but Well, I'm glad it happened. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So glad. <laughs> Default. Sure. Default. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's 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 wild that that wasn't something that just happened naturally throughout, right? Like, if the, I think perception of this game would be entirely different if you didn't have to make that trek every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not sure why. There's no good reason for why they didn't. I don't think. I'm going to probably say maybe maybe a little bit of rush development to, just to get it out because what in that video that Snestrunk video I think he said it launched six months after the yeah. the first one in Japan so 
I kind of see that point because I think not having to make that trip every single time if you die to get back to that temple, it's it'd be so much easier if you just started over right at the beginning of the temple, you know, get another shot at it as opposed to like, oh, I hope I don't take any damage because it takes, I, I need to come into this as much life as possible, you know, or I don't want to use my magic. I, it'd be great just to start right there as opposed to having to do that long journey back to whatever palace I was going to. I know you brought up earlier getting like knocked into the lava and that was a very controller throwing thing for me. Like mm -hmm. just, I'm going to take a break for a week. I'll be back. <laughs> For like the twentieth time, just get bumped right into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It 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 suffered the Castlevania knockback syndrome, or I mean, they viewed it as a hey, we're gonna give you guys a little bit of help by not letting you just get crushed by this enemy three times in a row, right? But yeah, that was there were moments. Let's just say that I kept. I think I feel like I kept my cool with some of it, but it was just like, are you serious? Yep. The, always with the lava. The the other big challenges were the bosses themselves. So I, I would like to at least talk about maybe our favorite bosses or maybe uh, individual ones that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy. We could just go straight down the list if we want. There really sure. aren't that many. But Palace One, uh, you come across, his formal name is Horsehead. Uh, <laughs> For me, actually, I feel like that was like one of the more memorable ones because you don't really start out with a lot. And... I don't know. I feel like I tied a decent amount to him. Even that was the first boss. It's like they throw you in. You're like, oh, it's the first boss. How bad could it be? And then the, the boss is just like, sit down. The next one up, and I don't have a name for this guy. So in my notes, we just typed guy. <laughs> <laughs> this was like, he was like, he's like a blue knight. But when you hit him, his head fell off. Yeah. Oh, the headless like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me think of, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's a better way we can we can hit this. Let me ask this. We'll do favorites and then and then least favorites or one or the other or we can hit them both. Let's do least favorites Sorry, first. Let's do least favorites first. And I'll start with Ryan so that we can only build up more positively <laughs> here. Uh, Ryan, who is your least favorite boss? Thunderbird. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Guy, so, um, okay, so it sounds like we may have some mutual, mutual some, yeah. some mutual hatred for Thunderbird here. Okay. Um, so, so real quick, I guess tip, and I I couldn't execute it um, because I don't save state. And I can didn't want to practice doing it. I just wanted to beat and get over with. You can actually skip Thunderbird and go straight to Shadowlink, yeah. but uh, it, it's a spot right after you know you have to get. To, there's that bridge that you have to go walk across that you know disintegrates and eventually you fall in the middle. There's a hole and takes you straight down. Well, if you keep walking past it and you use the jump spell and you jump backwards, you, you, you keep going forward and you use the jump spell and flip, you know, hit going from left to right. You want to quickly try jumping up and to left and it'll launch you on the screen above Thunderbird. And you just walk across it and it drops you right down into the shadow link boss. So hmm. if, if you're good at it, I, I, I tried several times. And eventually, it just got sick and tired of trying and trying to figure it out, beat Thunderbird legitly, as opposed to trying to skip him. So, yeah, why would you deprive yourself of that experience? Yeah, <laughs> it's that boss sucks. It's it's not fun, and there's no way to beat it without without the thunder spell, right? And yeah, you have to make yeah. him invulnerable. Yeah, and and it the thunder spell takes up so much magic too. So it's like you you have to be perfect. You have to dodge the fireballs that he shoots at you, which I, I found you can just do kind of like a 
you kind of always just kind of want to go away from him and then come backwards. It's kind of like an, an eight pattern, if you will, and try to strike him in the head. But, Did uh, uh, either of you guys use reflect on him? No. Does oh. it does it work on him? I yeah, remember having need... a... Sorry. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I remember I'm trying to calculate because it's been so many years, but I remember you had enough magic to use the thunder spell. You could use the shield to give yourself extra defense. And then I think you had enough left for maybe one heal or two. I, I don't remember how much mana the uh, reflect used. So yeah, that, at max, you have, I think, 128 and thunder takes half of that right away. Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So what I what I used was shield, jump, reflect, and then when he came out, I used thunder, which took me down pretty much, almost wiped out. I had like uh, three quarters of a block left or something like that. But for some reason, the reflect spell, you you don't seem to get hit as much. The only time I would really get hit was when I was jumping, trying to hit him directly in the face. That's what I had the most challenge was actually making contact with his face. But just then, uh, I beat him second second try with the reflect spell. Like nothing was hitting me. That's oh, that's wild. impressive. Huh. And you just did that, right? Like yeah. just like just that's oh crazy. yeah. Like the minutes before I jumped on this, and I would have been done sooner, <laughs> except I spent ten minutes going in the wrong direction in the palace, and then I was like, ah, I gotta basically die and start over again. There was no point in even trying to get back to where I was. Yeah, that 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 palace is a little bit of a maze, and that's what I was trying oh, to yeah. to give musty directions through through uh, <laughs> Twitch chat, which you know, yeah, you know, thirty second delay. Could, so, but you know, musty I, I, could, I, I looking back, I probably should have just let myself get lost in the maze a little bit, but uh, whatever, whatever, <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, I. The thing about Thunderbird, I, I think the thing about Thunderbird that mo is most notable to me is the design because it is so out of place for everything else that's in this game. Everything else is, for the most part, humanoid, and uh, except for the dragon, which you know is standard for uh, for Zelda games. You've always had at least one boss dragon, if not multiple, and uh, and so like seeing this thing, this thing reminded me more of the first phase of the Ninja Gaiden final boss. <laughs> and it had a very similar like attack too, right? That That's sort of like a, it's almost like a, a the flower a petals of doom. Exactly. Like a, yeah, there's like V shaped. It almost looks like I'm going to go Lord of the Rings reference here. The even star pendant that Arwen wears. Oh yeah. Yep. Very kind of similar. Um, nerd. Nerd. <laughs> I'll take it. That's good. Okay, so we've got Ryan and, and Aaron's least favorite was Thunderbird. Uh, Michael, did you have a, a least favorite boss? So I have a least favorite, which is actually my least favorite. I found Thunderbird to be the hardest, but my least favorite was the, I think it, it's like a magician boss where basically all you do is you put on the reflect spell and like crouch in the corner and you kill him <laughs> in like, you know, uh, four seconds. Like he doesn't even hit you. Like uh, to me, like other than using the trick to beat Derek Link, it was just stupid. There was no point to it. It's not rewarding. No, not I, at all. I, I have to agree with you. I didn't. I didn't. I actually sat in the middle, though. I didn't sit in the corner. I probably could have saved myself some effort. Oh yeah. But I, I was in the middle, and I was just going, you know, just back and forth, like because some of them, if he was too far away, it wouldn't register the hit. And so I found, I found being in the middle at least increased the odds that I was going to catch him. 
But yeah, I I totally get your point. There it was just very very unfulfilling. It's cheap, boss. yeah. Yeah, I mean cheap, cheap like the way the way that people have now solved Shadow Link. Yeah, solved that one Shadow gets Link. me. That that also feels super lame. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, and I know that there are some people who've done it who've done it the the right way, and kudos to them. But like. Do you want to hear my my story about the the Great Palace? I do. So, I do. So, Tell us about it. <laughs> so, when it came to that one for Thunderbird, I think I spent a straight. I think it was six to six hours <laughs> just on Thunderbird, just straight dying, going back because I was really bad at dodging the stupid <laughs> flower petals of doom. So that was six hours and by the end I wasn't like angry I wasn't crying but there was a single tear rolling down my cheek and I was just like so just defeated and then I get to shadow link I I didn't look anything up so I had no idea about the you know push him into a corner pro stress and maybe it's because I remember the fight from Ocarina of Time where it's like the similar kind of you know mirroring type combat and I beat it in one go and I was like huh that wasn't so bad. I went to look it up. That was pretty easy, right, guys? And, you know, the internet's like, yeah, it's easy. Just use this trick. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, so you beat him straight up on your first try first without shot. you, without cheesing it. First shot. I had half health. Slow, slow clap for you on that one. That, that's awesome. That was, that, that's <laughs> supposed to be, I think, the most difficult boss fight in the whole game. I think it's supposed to be. Well, it just seems like there's no there's no pattern to it, right? Like, I mean, maybe there is if you really take the time to to fight him over and over and over again that you'll finally find it. But it sounds like you just you managed to 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 well, nail it on the first attempt, which is it was awesome. the Thunderbird adrenaline because I feel like I, I did my. I paid my dues on that boss. That was six <laughs> to eight hours of just cruelty and torture. I, I didn't want to dare go against Shadow Link legit because I had like the, the slimmest little bit of, of health left. And I was just like, nope, going in this corner and I'm going to finally beat this game. And because I didn't want to have to do Thunderbird again. That was, that was, you know, that was an absolute do, pain. So do you have to do Thunderbird again if you don't beat Derek Link? Yep. Oh, I looked it oh, up. Wow. I looked at madness up. So I was like, well, you know what? I feel like by the end of the, that Thunderbird track, I feel like I got pretty good at it. So maybe, maybe even if I had died to Shadowlink, it wouldn't have been too insufferable. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, you would start the whole temple over, though. In any case, right? Uh, that if you end up losing all your lives, uh, just. At least he's been yeah, being but... in a temple. <laughs> yeah, like just the thought. The thing that got me through it was the music. That is my favorite song in the entire game. And almost like every Zelda game, I love it so much. Let's talk the, about the, the music real quick. So let's, uh, let's I'll ask her a quick question. So is yes. it the, are you talking about the temple temple music or the great temple music? The great palace. The great, the great palace. Yes. Mm. I love that theme so much. And I feel like if you haven't... Not a lot of people cover that one, so if you're playing through the game for the first time, it's like people usually stop halfway through, they give up on the game, but if you keep going, you get to the end, you're like, wow, this song's it's a bump, you know, this is a good one. And I don't know, it, it really grew on me. But it, I think that's the only way I was able to get through Thunderbird after that grind, is the fact that the, the, music. the song was so good. See, I... I gravitate, and, and maybe this is just about what a lot of people gravitate toward, is that 
the general temple, like the the first six yeah. temples or palaces, uh, music. That one, I I I love that one. That one is on the like the musty playlist. Uh, it's on the playlist, but <laughs> I was gonna say it's on the the Zelda Smash Brothers. Like it's the default music for that one map. The temple right? map, yeah. The temple map, exactly. Um, you know, and so it's just that one sticks with me. I mean, I to me the the music across the board is is awesome. But yeah, the I I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm the, I'm the same way there, Musty. Like for me, and there's so many similarities for some reason between this and Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest. So I I consider that palace music to be like my this for this game's bloody tears. For sure. Like it's, yeah. weird. it's just like this was like one of the few that wasn't composed by Koji Kondo. This was Akito Nakatsuka and like you just kinda like, wait, so it wasn't even Koji Kondo. This is this I don't even I don't even know who, like what else he had composed. Like I didn't know him by name until I really got into the Zelda 2 soundtrack, you know? It was just wild. <sighs> So they brought on someone completely different for this one, and I don't know. I think it's a masterpiece for being, and especially since it was such an old game, you know. One thing I'll say about this game is actually I really do enjoy the music. So, a compliment for this game is the music is fantastic. You know, if I want to say a track because uh, mentioning tracks here, I really do like the town music. I know must you mentioned it earlier, but uh, I mean, listening to the soundtrack, the town music, I I really just like it. It's relaxing. It's 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 catchy uh and then in the opening theme i think is fantastic too i love the opening theme just laying a play out all the way through before even starting it it's it's very catchy the whole, just, the, whole uh, the, the yeah the opening screen with the sword the sword in the in the rock there and the the shooting star and all Let kinds me, of stuff if we're gonna talk audio here for a little bit i just kind of want to ask if anyone else kind of noticed like some of the punch out Sound bites, the you know assets being used from Mike Tyson's Punch Out or regular Punch Out, if you will. It, you know, if you die, you hear the the laugh. Soda pop into the, you laugh, yeah. That uh, I kind of also noticed like the sound going into battle. You know, it definitely sounds like the Super Punch in my opinion or the Star Punch. There's, I, I gotta believe there's more too. Like they just use the same assets over again. I mean, it's in the house, might as well just. Uh, if they fit, it fits. But I, I thought that was kind of cool. It's it's one thing I was kind of noticing while playing. I'm like, hey, this sounds awfully familiar. And it's more than just one game. Or more than just one asset from that game. True that. You want another fun fact? Shoot it's me. the same composer in both games. What? Yeah, so it gets deeper than just the sound font. Wait, it's for also... pu- for Punch-Out and for this? Yes. Aha! It's like... That is interesting. So I remember... It's just like one of the few things that I've played that he's also composed for. Just, huh, the more you know. That is really interesting. Although there's not a whole, there's like what, three tracks in in Punch Out as well, right? Yeah, it's not three, three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Not not a ton, but. What's there is good, though. Yeah. You like to see quality versus quantity. We'll take the, we'll take the one hit wonder. Uh, when it can be this level of of good and memorable, yeah, yes, Absolutely. yeah, it's like Zelda too. I think that's when I was saying like it's what got me through the game. It's so everyone's naming all of their strategies for grinding and stuff, but I mostly use the overworld enemies where you know you just run into them and start combat. 
because I really love the battle music in Zelda 2. So if I got to hear it every time I'm grinding out XP, I'm here for it. Before we kind of, I, I guess we're, we're close to kind of tying everything together here. I wanted to open up to any other, I guess, favorite moments throughout the games, whether it's individual things that happened or missions or it, this game really didn't set up a whole lot of those side quests, but there were a few where it was like, where something you got the reward at the end. Most of the time it was like another heart container or a magic container or a spell or something, but really you kind of need all the spells. Did uh, Aaron, was there, were there any moments in this game that stuck out to you that were like, that was something cool that I, I thought was, and maybe thought was funny or, or um, anything that, along those lines. I wouldn't say it's cool because it was literally the opposite, but yeah, I guess talking earlier about being bumped into the lava, I honestly, the first time I just threw everything. I was so angry, but the second time it just kind of got more funny the more it happened. So like you kind of just get numb to it and try to find the humor in it. Just getting like booped in. It's <laughs> so like you think you'd learn the first 20,000 times, but yeah. So, I mean, I guess something else to mention has nothing to do with, the gameplay because i think we've covered pretty much all of my memorable bits i guess i can bring up my earliest memory of playing this game because i had an nes growing up see me and my brother i play a lot of the games like zelda 2 or crystallis with my dad so i guess my earliest gaming memory of all time i think i was three or four and i was playing zelda 2 and by playing i mean just like running into the towns and talking to people because probably tried to kill some stuff and died instantly you know i don't know how to play this i still don't know how to play it but i would um i passed out while playing the game just holding the controller and i still remember like my dad be like okay time to go to bed and i was trying <laughs> to like bring the whole controller and system with me and he's like prying it while i'm like half asleep you know like no i have to finish the game that was like my earliest gaming memory wow that's that's awesome that's awesome. Michael, favorite moments, uh, maybe aside from anything that we've noted or things that you th found thought were notable? No, none of the side missions or anything like that. For me, the big notable moments going through it this time, because you know the very quick pace I gave myself for finishing this, because like our other guests, I hadn't, I've already finished this, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get through to it this month. And I, I told you guys Thursday night, I was like, I think I got to play it again. And I just went through this as quick as possible. Every spare minute I had, I put into this. So being able to get through it so quickly this time with how much trouble I had the first time, that was a huge moment for me. Like being able to finish this literally minutes before I came on the podcast. So that was pretty cool. And uh, if I had to talk about any moment that's really exciting, the two biggest moments for me when playing this game every time is getting through Death Mountain the first time and getting the hammer, the sense of relief you feel when that's over, and also when you finally get the downward thrust because it completely changes the way the game's played. Like You can skip things then, skip enemies. That's also one of the big uh, moments in the game, I guess you would call it. The downward thrust changes the way everything's played. Yeah, and it's sure. really fun, too. Oh, yeah. Games took from that mechanic. Like It makes me think of things like Shovel Knight, you know, this, the whole jumping onto people's heads with whatever you're using. And it was so smooth in, the, in Zelda 2 as well. So I feel like that was a great way to start that mechanic out. Yeah, DuckTales, the pogo stick mechanic. Maybe, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So the funny, the funny thing is, both of those are former club games of the month: Shovel Knight and and Ducktales. So we must we must really like our pogo jumps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must be it. Yeah, I think I think for me, one of the I guess favorite moments I have, I I, I always found it the sheer joy in Link's face as he holds an item over his head. Um, and just how, because like he did that in the first one, but Link was this differently shaped individual. Link was a little more stout at like just the kind of got a droopy face when he does in the first game too. Yeah. Right. His face just yeah. kind of goes and like, um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a little odd, but this, like, he's just like, yeah. And like holding up, He's like, I got a key. No way, he doesn't hold the key. Oh, I have the uh, the skeleton key. Like, yeah, I'm happy. I think the best one though is the small boy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. See, so in, in the maze, you find the boy who's been lost, and he holds him over his head yeah. like this with a doofy like kid smile of his own. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's great. It's great. I, I like that moment. Just it makes me chuckle, and I love it. And uh, yeah. A little comedic <laughs> relief. Oh yeah, it's 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 great. I, I think it's I think it's wonderful. Ryan, let me let me leave you uh to the last of this category, which is uh your I guess favorite moments in a game that uh maybe you had to struggle to find one. Did you find one? Let me ask you that. Beating the game. That was my favorite moment. That was <laughs> a highlight. Uh, it, it was, like you said, it's been, it was when been, it was over. Is, it, is oh, that yeah, what you're saying? Uh, but no, it's always kind of irked me that I've never beaten this game and I've beaten every other console. Though. I can't say that for the, you know, the portable games yet because I was never much of a portable gamer growing up. But um, no, this was always kind of like a thorn in my side that you never beat this game. You never, this is a game that, you know, you've gotten so close and you, you know, you didn't do it. So, that's kind of that that last thing I needed to do, just to cross it off, and it was such a sigh of relief to beat this game because, as a Zelda fan, now I can say I've beaten them all. You know, at least the console versions. But honestly, it was my favorite moment of the game. Not to throw shade on it, but it was it was you could breathe again. So the struggles you've sure. through and it's over. Very good. Okay, so I want to ask a couple questions of the panel to kind of wrap up our thoughts on this and then we'll get into some community impressions uh after that uh first question i'm going to throw out there to everyone and who, whoever has feels like they have an answer go, go ahead and jump at this but why does this game get a bad rap because it's not the first game because it's not the first game okay yeah i mean if this game had anything else in the title uh, had any other kind of name i think people would look back and say you know this was a really special game but it's the fact that it was zelda but not zelda i think it, that's like a stigma that surrounds the game and really turns people off it, the game's incredible it's just people go into it with a preconceived notion of what they're expecting to play and it's not that there's some definitely something to that you know it's like the first one is so much more simplistic. I mean, it's tough as well, but it was way more simplified. This one, they tried to do so much with it at once. There's just a lot happening. So, yeah, I feel like if people were expecting the same kind of, you know, linear adventure, this one, you have to figure so much out on your own by, like, giving some pretty vague hints, you know, and there's just a lot of stuff going on. I think it's a bad rap because it has bad gameplay. So. <laughs> this is the hill Ryan's going to die on here. So, yeah. I guess. 
So let me ask this question to to those who enjoy the game. Uh, so Ryan, you can you can sit out on this one. Should we get another Zelda game in this style? And if the answer is no, that's totally fine. <laughs> like, is there is there a place where a Zelda two type of game fits into the current kind of ecosystem of Zelda games? Let me ask that. What? I'll, I'll I'll answer that with another question. What makes you think we already haven't? Because if you look at the 3D games, the 3D games share more uh, similarities with Zelda 2 than they do with the original Legend of Zelda, in my opinion. The way that the combat works. You're totally right. You're totally right. As deep. I like that. And that's and and it's wild because they have so so one of the reasons what we we Ryan and I when we we were looking at scheduling out our games for this season we wanted we were looking back to like trends of previous years and it seemed like we had hit a Zelda game with some frequency and I, I don't know if it was every year but we've I, I think at least three of the five seasons there was a Zelda game Ryan am I right Yep Yeah and so we were like you know what. We wanted to say, let's have a Zelda game, like let's have a Zelda month. And let's just say like April is going to be Zelda month, right? And so initially we were looking at it. We're like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I know, Ryan, you were you have your favorite, mm -hmm. which is Ocarina. And then we're like, hold on, because uh, I know a lot of our community enjoys playing games in release order. Um, and playing them, you know, to say that they've played through all of them in order, or at least they won't play a game later in the series until they played a, one of the prior ones. And so I think we picked this one out of, out of a, you know, trying to realize that it was probably one that a lot of people had skipped. But it's interesting that, that how much of a, you know, like, like you said, how, how similar those 3D ones are here. And that really it's, it's the, Zelda one and the link to the past ones that have sort of gravitated more to your like portable versions uh, and not the 3d ones, which is wild. I don't know where I was going to there, but <laughs> absolutely wild. <laughs> well, and also don't kid yourself. We've had spiritual successors and other games that have taken elements from this. I mean, uh, you look at some of the, even I'm playing right now uh, Monster Boy and the Wonder Wonder Boy, you know, the Dragon's Trap. And I mean, there's elements of really Zelda 2 in that game. I, I'm not 100% sure what came first between the Wonder Boy action adventure and Zelda 2. I don't know my dates on that, but I, I do think that this spot, game spawned some other spiritual successors. Like elements have been taken from it. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see that. And I entirely agree with you. <laughs> um, is there anything that this game could use? adjustment on that would make it better and i think i know what the answer is going to be but i'm gonna throw it to you guys first uh, for me i guess i feel like when they give you hints to where you're supposed to go next or what you're supposed to be getting or what have you i understand that if it's left vague then you know you have to get out there and explore but some of the stuff in there is just way too overly vague where it's kind of like, you know, just I kind of compare it in my head to like if someone had given you a hint for like a geocache to compare it to like real life situations. And they're like, yeah, so I found these coordinates by a grocery store down the street where someone for the first time said, hey, nice smile, you know, just something super vague like that. You're like, OK, like, where do I go if I don't have a guide? So I feel like that is something that could have been 
improved on for sure. Yeah, the, I I think maybe the lack of uh, communication from most of the townspeople is like a single sentence, which really is only like five or six words, like worth of yeah. de- description there. Yeah, I, 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 I think I would agree with you that a little bit more, I don't want to say hand-holding, but just better breadcrumbs to get Maybe to. Maybe more of like a riddle than like a mystery. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Ryan, anything you would change? Um, I would, I would have liked being by being stronger in this game by like being at one one of my my max, um, you know, strength and health and in with magic. I, I would rather have have me feel like I'm stronger, even maxed out in the game. I feel like I'm still weak. It won't take much to take me out. I, maybe like having. Like in other Zelda games, you get the Master Sword, and eventually, you know, that's kind of like your strongest sword. Like maybe improved weapons would have been where I, I don't feel like I'm getting destroyed when I'm at max level. Something like that, and spawning at the beginning of a, a palace, I think would have been sure would have been much more. I, I think I would enjoy the game more with those two factors. Okay, Michael, anything you would tinker with the game? I really like that idea of adding like a Master Sword to this, but. Uh, I'm going to go in a different direction. If they ever, we talked about this, if they ever remastered this, like you talked about making another game, but say for example, they did a remaster this, something like a Monster Boy, Nintendo put that together. And I don't mean to baby mode this, but I'd like to see some other elements that are familiar with The Legend of Zelda built in. Like if we had maps for the palaces and, you know, compasses to show us where the special items were and stuff like that, I think it would make the game a lot more enjoyable for people that, aren't really necessarily there for the challenge because let, let's be honest, most of the Zelda games are relatively easy. This is really one of the harder ones, some yeah. of the more challenging ones. So some of those elements would maybe uh, make this game, I don't know what the word is, more accessible for everybody. Yeah, definitely. That kind of makes me think of how they changed the one annoying thing people had with um, Ocarina of Time, the Water Temple, how they <laughs> updated it in the 3DS remake where they have it so the what do you call it? Like the the highlights where the piping of the water goes to change the water levels. You can actually see it clearly in the DS version. And that makes, you know, little changes like that, like what you're getting at, it makes a huge difference. I like that. That's, yeah. I mean, like it would be, it would be easy for us to just say, oh, just make the sword twice as long once you're max power, right? So that you have better range or something. That would certainly change the Thunder Thunderbird fight uh, quite a bit. Big time. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, that's good. I, I, I like that. So let me ask one last question of each of you and to just kind of let you give your kind of final, your final thoughts on Zelda 2. And I'm going to just ask, would you suggest it to friends? And then let us know what your kind of final thoughts are on the game. Michael, I'm going to start with you on that. I already have suggested it to friends. I've suggested it to everybody. Uh, I did a video that you shared on Twitter, I do believe, a while back where I told you it was one of my favorite games on the NES. And I think everybody should play it. Excellent. Aaron, would you suggest this to friends? And do you have any other final final thoughts on the game before we wrap things up here? What if I don't have friends? <laughs> no, I kid, I kid. So yeah, so for me personally, it would really depend on the person. So I know a lot of people who rage super hard when stuff is tough in games. I would definitely not recommend this game to them. But if it's someone who's into games that are you know, more along the lines of, as I mentioned, like Ninja Gaiden, but 
you know, want something more of a Final Fantasy type RPG adventure aspect, so like a little combination of both, I would totally recommend it to someone like that, especially if they're looking for, you know, a long sit down challenge type of game. So that's the kind of person I'd recommend it to. I don't recommend it to everyone personally. That's totally fair. Ryan? Uh, I wouldn't recommend this game to anybody, uh, period. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm glad to say I, can, I beat this game. I will also say this is not the worst Zelda game in the series after beating it. There's one that's worse. Because uh, uh, I'm getting my tea out for this. Sure. How, how much of our audience do you want to alienate? There, <laughs> oh, Ryan? I'm happy to. Uh, it's called, I think Skyward Sword is a worse game than this one. And it mostly comes down to motion controls and frustration and repeating going back to the same areas over and over again. But that's for another show. I, I'm glad I beat this game. Yeah, it's it's not the worst game I've ever played. It it really is just out of all Zelda games, uh, I'm gonna say uh, it, it's it's just not at my top. There's there's other Zelda games that are more like comfort food for me, and this is out of my element. And uh, if I'm gonna say it sucks, it's, it, I only want to say it is it sucks in my opinion when it comes to other Zelda games. I I don't mean to. I know this game's got a lot of fans. I I question. Uh, some people's liking this game if it was, let's say, a Sega release. I don't know if it would have the fan base that it does, but this is just my my opinion on the game. I, I think it's kind of a mess at times, but like I said, I, it's not the worst of all Zelda games on there. Um, but you know, I, I'm glad to say I've beaten this game, legit beat this game. So we uh, almost made it through the whole show before you brought that up. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm glad to say I played it. I'm glad it was a, a cartridge club game. I'm glad people played along, and um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a fine game. It's not a bad NES game, but a way of saying it, it's maybe, in my eyes, a bad Zelda game. So, which I mean. A bad Zelda game still has the potential yeah. of being somewhat good. Mm -hmm. I like how you were walking back to like I absolutely despise it, right? Like I'm just kind of well, just bring you know, there. someone's got to be the heel here, right? Someone's got. I, I suppose. I mean, you you could play the CDI games and then and then we can have another talk about it. <laughs> the quality we'll, of this game over those. I'll just um, I'll just pull out a Panasonic CDI or something. That's right. right Wait, yeah. did you just bring up peak Zelda side scroller? <laughs> because that is at the top of my list. <laughs> Masterpiece. That's right. It's that's that's fantastic. <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, okay, so like, I really enjoyed my time with this game. I would recommend it to people who enjoy Zelda games. I would recommend it to people who maybe want a little bit more of a challenge out of their Zelda games. But I. I I don't know how quickly I will go come back to this one. I don't make a habit of like going back to replay games. I don't have those like, this is a game I play every year. Like there's some people who are like, I play Super Metroid once a year. Like there are those people. There are some people like, I play Super Metroid eight times a day. Um, <laughs> and I just, this one's great. It's a, it's a, it's one that I can, you know, be proud that I have seen all the way through, but uh, you know, and maybe I can go back some other time and try try different approaches to actually completing the game. Maybe I'll try the Shadow Link fight for real instead of instead of doing it the way I did uh, this time. But but yeah, I 
I enjoyed it. I'm glad we picked it, and uh, and I hope that others had the opportunity to play it as well. Speaking of others in the community, we do make a point of asking uh, our community to give their own impressions of the games that we select for the game for the month. Uh, so I'm going to hand things over to Ryan to go over some of the community impressions that we had. Uh, so uh, Ryan, I'll hand things off to you. Sure. Okay. So first off, we have Buried on Mars, and he wrote this game is Mars approved. So Mars apparently likes this game. Um, we have Duke from Retro Nonsense, and he says, I've always loved this game. This music is fantastic. The side-scrolling action and platforming, platforming are fun and challenging, and the leveling system is well-balanced. However, the overworld has a lot of slowdowns for some reasons, and I always thought it was ugly. Overall, a great game. We also have Cartridge Bros. Player One, Sean. He wrote, this game is a lot more fun and accessible due to baby mode on the Switch. Once you have leech, <laughs> once you have level, he didn't write baby board. mode. He what? wrote SP mode. You wrote baby mode. He did uh, not once, write. Did he really? No, he wrote SP mode. Okay, uh, thanks. Once you have level eights across the board, you can focus on adventuring, exploring, and just having fun. I can't help but think it's been uh, better received. It would have been better received without the leveling or originally. And let me just stick out another one here. Because this one was DM'd me by to me by uh, Cartridge Bros P2. Hero Zelda 2 is a great example of being tough enough to be rewarding. If you're unable to finish it, it's because of your own personal skill and pa uh, patience level, not because the game is flawed. So that's what Mark Cartridge Bros Player 2 wrote. Yeah, that's 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 what we have right now for for uh, submissions for this month. I know we kind of get the message out a little bit later than normal, but you know I'm, I'm still glad we had some contributors to um, getting their comments into the show here. Yeah, and and we do make a point of tweeting out uh, throughout the month. Uh, that's usually the best way to keep tabs on the show at Cartridge Club NA. Um, so we will call out for those, and uh, we do. Uh, with this new live show approach, those who are here watching live can also have the opportunity to voice their thoughts there. We also allow our patrons priority on thoughts uh, on the game as well, if they have them. So a couple different ways that you can get your voice uh, voice heard on this uh, on this community impressions section, just so you know, for future months. All right. Well, that's the show, everybody. So I want to thank our panel for being here. Aaron, where can we find you online? I'm just everywhere and nowhere. And we can inform everyone that it's pronounced Winter Ion instead of Winterian, which is what I thought it was pronounced when I joined. But yeah, so I guess shout out to my buds at Winter Ion Game Studios. And that's the only people I know. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Michael B., where can we find you on the internet? I am Michael B., the Game Genie on YouTube, at Mike B. Game Genie on Twitter. Uh, my Instagram name changes depending week to week, but I'm on Instagram too, Facebook, Tumblr. I, I don't know. I can't remember everywhere I'm too. Mostly on YouTube. Great. Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. This is a lot of fun. It was a, it's very nice to be able to discuss a game I really love with people who I can't say also love it. So if it's a nice contrast to have someone in the mix who dislikes it, because I feel like more people dislike it than not. So, yeah, it's been fun. Well, you guys were fantastic guests, so thanks for being here. Uh, I hope I wasn't too hard on your, the game that you guys like, but, you know, I, I'd rather be, um, I guess I'm going to be just a little over the top on that one. So, um, 
but for myself, you can find me on Twitter at it's rocket sauce. I also have an Instagram where you can find me. I, I post most of my little pickups and collectibles on there. Yeah, and that's where you can find me. I'm also usually on the uh, Tuesday Hangouts for the Cartridge Club. You can sometimes see me there. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Musty, yourself, where can we find you on the Internet? Yes, most prominently you can find me on Twitter at Musty Hobbit. Lately I have been uh, regularly streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Musty Hobbit. And I do have my YouTube channel, uh, which is Second Breakfast. Um, So you can check out that. Of course, all of... uh, the content that I put out tends to get pushed onto the Cartridge Club website, so I'd encourage you to check that out at cartridge or www.cartridgeclub.org. One of the things that will be prominent there is next month's Game of the Month. And next month, uh, we are playing Shenmue. And this will be a first time for me, and this will be the opportunity for people to voice their thoughts on this game, because I think, uh, Ryan, you love this game, don't you? Oh, this this game's a palate cleanser from this month. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. So I, I know. So it's, whenever Ryan's done playing oh, a hard NES game, he goes and looks for some sailors. I think is what he's trying oh, to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. So well, so that'll be our game of the month for the month of May. So if you are interested in playing along, uh, please feel free to do so and uh, tweet at us again at Cartridge Club NA, or you can check out our forums over at the Cartridge Club website as well. We'll be discussing the game uh, with a few of the people who will be with us on that month's show as well. I do also want to mention uh, our sister podcast put on by Curtis, and that is Cartridge Club Portable. And for the month of May, uh, we are playing Lilo and Stitch on the Game Boy Advance, which is surprisingly a Metal Slug clone. Uh, and you should definitely check it out. Curtis puts on a great show. So uh, I encourage you to play along there as well uh, or check out the podcast, which happens to be on the same exact audio feed as well. So uh, we are going to give a wrap there, but I just want to say to those of you who are interested in supporting the club beyond a review on the podcast app of your choice. I'd like to again mention that the club is entirely funded by pledges made from members of our community. We're extremely grateful to those supporters. And if you're interested in becoming one of them, uh, please check out our offerings at patreon.com slash cartridge club. We look forward to seeing you again next month. CC Unite.